Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast, a Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast present Shenka. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit in this cozy little nook with a loft and a sunroof over us, enjoying various beverages as we talk about our lives as modern pagans. I'm Margot. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. So 
we're going to do a little series of episodes. And what we're going to discuss are the nine Druidic virtues. So in Druidry, in the ADF Druidry specifically, we have these virtues. And these are our actions. These are our rules that we live by. And to us, these are what makes our path orthopraxy versus orthodoxy. We don't just believe these. These are what we live by. These are the things that we have to do in our lives to be Druids. Does that make sense? You want to embody your faith. Exactly. So I thought it would be interesting to discuss these and then see how they apply to your guys' spiritual practices. So there's nine of them. And I'm kind of what I'm picturing in my head. I'm going to say this and it might change is that we're hopefully going to get through three per episode. So there'll be three episodes of three virtues. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Three virtues. So, so I'll read off the virtues now, just the names, not the descriptions. And then I'll read the descriptions for the first three. First off, we have wisdom. Wisdom is good judgment and the ability to perceive people in situations correctly deliberate about and decide on the correct response. Merriam-Webster says it's the ability to discern acceptance belief, accumulated philosophical or scientific learning, a wise attitude, belief, or the course of action in the teachings of wise men. Next is piety, correct observation, observance of ritual and social traditions, the maintenance of agreements, we humans have with the gods and spirits, keeping the old ways through ceremony and duty. Merriam-Webster defines piety as the quality or state of being pious, such as fidelity to natural obligations or dutifulness in religion, an act inspired by piety or a conventional belief or standard. And for last one of this episode is vision. The ability to broaden one's perspective to have a greater understanding of our place, role in the cosmos, relating to the past, present, and future. Merriam-Webster defines vision as the act or power of seeing something seen in a dream, trance, or ecstasy, especially a supernatural appearance that conveys a revelation, a thought, concept, or object formed by the imagination, a manifestation to the senses of something immaterial, the act or power of imagination, mode of seeing or conceiving, unusual discernment or foresight, direct mythical awareness of the supernatural, usually visible in the visible form or something seen, often known as vision. So those are the three druidic virtues we're going to discuss. This episode. This episode. We'll start off with wisdom. Of course, my favorite description of wisdom is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but you don't put a tomato in a fruit salad. That's I've always liked that. <laughs> that is very good. Yeah. A tomato is a fruit, but you don't put a tomato in a fruit salad. <laughs> tomato is a fruit is knowledge. Yeah. Wisdom is not putting it in yes. the sa- fruit sorry, salad. Sorry, sorry. Yes, that's ah, the proper quote. Yeah. Very good. So wisdom is about acting on knowledge or deriving meaning from knowledge. And I think right now, I would say politically, there's all sorts of stuff going on within Canada. And they're saying things like intelligence is not actionable stuff. So yeah, so the wisdom is is knowing which to value and which not Mm -hmm. to value, maybe? Yeah, well, to me, it's, it's the idea like we can do all the science we need and want, but what do we do with that information afterwards? That's the what, yeah. the wisdom aspect. Wisdom, like just because you can do something. Doesn't mean you, you should. should. Doesn't mean you should. You know, like there's, you know, nuclear bombs out there. We shouldn't be dropping them all. Exactly. Place, yeah. so, you know, that kind of idea. On a very world, a global sort of a thought. Let's not do that. Right. So how does this apply to your guys's, it's how we're maritimers, your guys's <laughs> uh, spiritual practices? Well, I think we could, but I want to hear how you as a Druid, because we talk a lot. So that is the Druid definition. Yes. As so an for, orthopractic observance, how how do you incorporate that virtue in your practice? So for me personally, and Karen hates this statement, but it, it's it's a, it's a, something that's for me. I view every situation as having three sides. And just for example, 
his story, her story, and the truth. Mm-mm. There's yes. always multiple sides to every story, every situation. And part of my wisdom virtue is that I have to sometimes step back, observe the entire situation before I pass judgment. You have to have critical thinking. Exactly. In yeah. wisdom. Right. And a lot of people may interpret that as I, I strongly believe in believing the victim. You have to listen. You have to hear what they have to say. But not every situation is black and white as it first appears. Often there are other factors that are partaking in this situation and you have to be aware of what those are. It's much like any form of communication, really, knowing that like when I train new employees, I always tell them just because I think I'm explaining the thesis in my head to you in two sentences, I'm realizing that. I am not communicating to you everything that I have in my head. Right. Asking questions and being open to other information is important because people have difficulty communicating what it is they're trying to say. So you need the wisdom to be able to figure out from them what might be missing from the conversation. Right. I think. Is partly or, what I'm thinking. Or asking questions to fill in. Yeah. Knowing and knowing, knowing what, what questions, questions to, to ask fill to fill in. Yeah. I just had an experience actually that was so frustrating when I was at the doctor's office in Spryfield and there's the screening there, the COVID screener. And there was a woman who came in who English was not her first language. And the screener was trying to explain to her that she was too early to check in that the machine wouldn't take her and she wasn't understanding what he was saying. And he used the exact same sentence about 20 times. <laughs> if she's not understanding the language you are using, you need to change your language. You need to come up with a new way to convey to her what she needs to understand. And he was just the same sentence out of his mouth over and over and over right. again. So he lacks the wisdom to understand La- that. Yes. And to read the situation and understand that he's not communicating. Exactly. Yeah. The way he is communicating is not working and he needs to figure out a different way. Yeah. I find a lot of like awkward social situations is because people aren't aware or wise enough to realize they're the problem. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. In that situation where they're just not communicating clearly and if they were wise enough, they would know that, okay, I need to change what I'm doing. Otherwise. And it was the same when I was living with my roommates who were married, who would argue, she would say this, he would say that, and they would argue back and forth and stick to their points. And I'd be sitting in the middle going, do you realize that you are both actually saying the same thing? (laughs) Just using different words and not listening to each other. Yeah. Which is frequently how that went. And that, I again, I think is part of wisdom is trying to understand what somebody is trying to tell you if they don't have the capability of being as clear as you need them to be. Right. Mm. Agreed. For me, wisdom is a tough one. And I'm, you know, I'm aware of the virtues. I've. It seems like the hardest one to own in the sense that absolute arrogance of saying <laughs> that I is, is, that. is yeah. whatever. And, you know, the minute you've accumulated wisdom, that's tower time in your life. That's when the tower shakes and your ego's toppled and you're fallen to the ground, right? Like that's that's just setting you up. I, I think of is wisdom as um, as something to work towards trying to improve and you know it's it's a feedback loop though right exactly like that's i think that's what you're talking about a lot is just getting better at acting and reacting to information that comes in but it's a qualitative judgment you're making about yourself as opposed to a quantitative you can say piety i do this this and this i feel fairly comfortable in my in my observances in my whatever right Usually wise people are not telling you they're wise. No, no, That's they're exactly hiding that. that, that it, if, it, if you need to tell someone you're wise, you're not as wise as you think you as are. As you think you are. <laughs> yeah, as, exactly. That's a very good way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think 
a big thing with wisdom too is, you ever heard the saying, if you can't change your mind, are you sure you still have one? Yeah. You might think one thing, but as you accumulate new things and more things, to know that your thoughts and attitudes about things can change. I think that's a big thing with wisdom. It's not just, you know, being discerning, but to know that you can be wrong or your attitude or, you know, because you often do the best with what you know at the time, but, you know, it to be always learning and maybe changing attitudes about certain things. Very good. I find that yeah. that's, uh, you know, if you can't change your mind, you're sure you still got one. Yeah. <laughs> um, or what was it? This is, a, I think, a very a newfie saying, it's too bad your arse wasn't as narrow as your mind. That's a bad newfie, newfie um, uh, insult. Anyway, because we used to be married to a newfie, but no. Learning to change your mind and adjust with new knowledge, because a lot of the times it's hard to admit. Shit, I was, that was, I didn't have all the information. I was wrong there. Mm-hmm. And have to, you know, fix anything you might have done or, you know, or just readjust. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a biggie for me. And as a bit of an egotistical person, that can be hard. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but no, but, you know, it's good. It's like, okay, yeah, that was not what I thought. Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, you know, I didn't, it came out wrong or I, I didn't have the right information or. Right. So one of the mottos for my personal practice has always been. I know nothing. And what that that means to me is that there's so much out there in the world for me to learn that I never want to get like I'm a very egotistical person, but I also know I'm not the smartest guy in any room. So I always approach situations as an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and that means everything, even something I feel I'm quite knowledgeable about, say, be it photography Mm -hmm. or whatever. There's always room for me to learn. Mm -hmm. I've watched so many professionals over the years approach whatever craft they may have and be like, oh, no, no, I I, I know enough. I don't need to learn it. And then I don't need to learn anymore. And then a year later, they moved on to something else because Mm -hmm. failed at what they were doing because they closed their mind to adapting and learning. And especially in the world we live in now, where everything is changing so quickly and fast around us, you have to have an open mind for learning. And I I do, you know, back when you were in, you know, school and you were learning to write essays or you had to give answers to questions you know the teacher taught you to answer these questions what where why when and how Mm -hmm. so when you're looking at a situation what where why when and how i try to keep in my mind so you can ask the right questions and figure it out that's critical thinking thinking i think though right yeah that's a good one to remember the w's and the wh all those. Well, it's funny. Actually, I, you know, here's another quote from Brian. I'm going to get wrong. Uh, I saw somewhere somebody had said, if you change the W in who, what, where to, to a T, you get the answers to all your questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's pretty wise. That's What's that? Uh, so where is there? Oh, what yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So if you just change the W's to T's, you get the answer to the question you've just asked. <laughs> oh, I did not know <laughs> right? that. That is insanely cool. You win the prize this episode. (laughs) That kind of brings me back what pops in my mind being, you know, an elder Canadian W5. Yeah, yeah. You know, the TV show that asks those hard questions in in difficult situations to try and get the answers. Isn't W5 still on? I don't have TV. I don't know. I I only have streaming services. We all have streaming services. It is in season, season 57. Oh, my okay. goodness. Episode 24. <laughs> it was W5. It was W5, yeah. 57 season. It's been going since 1966. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, still it's older on, than I am. <laughs> you can get it on Crave if you're interested. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Or CTV. Yeah. <laughs> 
Isn't that great? Well, there, wisdom. Wonderful. That's great. 57 seasons. <laughs> That's I excellent. wonder if there's something to aspire to. Seasons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As we're on season three. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the next virtue? All right. The next one is piety. This one should be relatively easy. So for us, of course, it is the act of performing our ritual. And not only is it the ritual we do on our high days, but for us, it's the little rituals in life. So for me, I view a lot of little things as rituals, be it shaving to making my cup of coffee in the morning. I do it a certain way every day, the same way. And that is my little ritual of making my magical potion, which will save other people's lives from me killing them. <laughs> so how much Virgo's in your chart? That sounds like a very Virgo-y. Got to do it the same way every time. All I know it's is be I'm in this a Taurus order. and I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Taurus as well. So Brian and I ever get into an argument, that is going to be a show. Yeah, it's like it's it's the equivalent of the cat and you put the butter toast on the cat and you try to drop it. Yes. And it doesn't fall. It yeah. just keeps well, perpetually creating well, energy. Well, you know, um, uh, anything having to do with Virgo, you got a Virgo moon, don't you, Gwen? And rising. Virgo can be very nitpicky. I can be very nitpicky because I got a oh, Virgo moon and all that nitpicky. And we do it the correct way as well. That's an earth sign thing, I think, though. That's fair. That could be an earth sign. So there, I tell you, I, I hope we don't have a fight. <laughs> but yeah so for us it's it's the act of like rituals uh be it little be it small be it big be it ginormous at a festival everything we do we often break down into rituals throughout our lives this always comes up because somebody had commented that in a previous episode i had said well, druids don't deal with elements. I said, well, ADF druids don't deal with elements. And they're like, well, other druids do this. I only speak for ADF druids. I don't know other druids. So anyway, what I'm trying to get is for me, that's what my, firstly, I don't like ritual. I've never been a ritualist. I, it's just not a strong point in my practice. I guess I'm good at it. People like the rituals I put on. It's not something I do and I feel I get a lot out of. No, I do. And I do like to, and I mean, I'll go to anyone's ritual and enjoy it, but I do like, I guess I'm using the word ritual too much, but I like the the continuity, I suppose, of ritual. We say ritual. Yep. I enjoy seeing this, 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 because it's a trigger too, because if you're used to the rituals, you know, even if it's like making your coffee and, you know, your, your routine in the morning, for me, if you can accomplish it in that order, and all of that, I find that relaxes me and then I can be more open. Right. When my ritual, be it in my everyday life, in my spiritual practices in order, um, I like that. For yeah. me, I do. I enjoy and I, you know, I enjoy that order, I suppose. Right. So for me, since I'm not, I don't feel I'm a strong ritualist. For me, my form of piety is community service. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about that and also wondering, is piety the opposite of blasphemy? Ah. Because I feel my piety that I hope comes naturally to me. This is what I want to do. This is my choice. I'm not doing it because it is prescribed in my practice, you know, in order mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. be a good pagan, you must do these things. It's, these are the things I want to do. Again, community service is one of the things mm -hmm. that came to mind right. for mm -hmm. that. That, you know, even us doing this, this is, I feel, a form of community service that I'm able to contribute. You know, mm -hmm. shy Margot who can't, walk into a room of strangers and start a conversation with anybody. This is my way of mm -hmm. contributing to 
the community and right. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I never thought of that, but I'm a big volunteer. Yeah. Well, you have a radio show that you've been doing since the dawn of time. <laughs> There's that, and almost I, as long as W five. Yes, W five. <laughs> and I volunteer in my community a lot. Actually, yes. I've been. Vo- yeah. I do do you know two two sessions a week in our public library, tutoring you know newcomers for yeah. free. And we convince you to do opening closing rituals at new festivals. Yes, and um, also like adult literacy. That worked, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Public yeah, shaming yeah. for the win. <laughs> you know, well, it wasn't shaming; it was spite a little bit for the win. That, that's another story altogether. Because I do have a little bit of spite in me. <laughs> but no, no, you're, you're right. And don't let me speak at a turn. You're a big ritualist. You do a I, lot of ritual. I do, and I enjoy it very, very much. Yeah. Not that I don't mind my quiet little meditation at home too. No, and I won't lie. I'm, a, you know, and as a bit of a show off, I really do enjoy it. Good. Some people are, you're not a show. No, I don't know. You can be a little bit of a show <laughs> off too. In ritual, I can. Yeah. I, I, when it's a public ritual, I do enjoy the theatrics yeah. because yes. that helps bring everybody into the space. Yes. So on the topic of piety and community service, we have the queen of community service over here. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I find that in if if piety is observance or ritual or connect, connection and honoring deity, it's easier for me to do that through community service. Right. I, what's what's the list of things you do? Oh my goodness! I try and help out wherever I <laughs> I try and help out wherever. So okay, so she's not gonna do it. So you volunteer <laughs> at how many different prisons? Well, I I do get paid for that as well. But yes, I'm I, not doing I, it. I, I, I did start out as a volunteer, and yes. Maeve gave me a push when I had no guts and pushed me into it. So I I credit her for that. And where did you just drive from? I just drove from a prison in another province. Exactly. Today. Multiple hours away. Multiple, uh, multiple hours. Yeah. Five hour yeah. round trip to to go chat with some people. Yeah. And I'm really committed to furthering pagan acceptance and integration into into the greater community. So, you know, making things you know, working with government and those sorts of things to make right. things available. And my personal thing is like, I would love once that's set up to have somebody else pick up some more of those lead roles and my mine is spiritual care. Yeah. My concern or my way of thinking that possibly I can serve deity is through caring for people in hard circumstances, whether they're in prison or whether they're in a senior's home or, or the hospital mm-hmm. or going through some sort of life crisis. That's, that's where I want to spend my energy going forward. Right. Yeah. And one thing I would add to, 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 to our listeners is just because you don't do all these big community volunteer things doesn't mean that doesn't mean you have to do it. These are yeah. things we do. Piety can be as nice as just make sure you recycle. Yes, actually. Try, like, try. That that's is, pagan blasphemy not to. I don't know about other countries, but in Canada, recycling is a huge thing. Yeah. Well, in, it's a huge thing here in America. It's not so much out west. That's a huge thing here in America. It's big in BC, but Alberta, Saskatchewan, they don't even know what it is. No. I find, I think a big thing in piety is even for me, even when I don't feel like it, being kind. Mm, Even when you don't feel it. And you know what? I always do little things like I always talk to that elderly person in the grocery line next to me, you know, because they usually are wanting to talk or maybe this is their only outing, their only time they're out all week. And especially in COVID and things. But just even to me, I think that's a huge act of just sucking it up and being kind when I really don't want to be some days when you're having a bad day. And with all the, you know, the international Mm -hmm. students that live in my house and all that, some days I just would like to shoot everyone (laughs) 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 or not shoot, but it's like, get the hell out. And no one talked to me, but I have to be nice. You just have to evict them. 
Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, no, I say that, you know, that was metaphorical, of course. But, you know, when you just don't want to talk or you don't want to be supportive or they've got a problem or you have to do their laundry or you're making the supper when you really just want to, you know, eat a peanut butter sandwich in your bedroom. And if I'm really desperate, I'll eat a peanut butter sandwich if it's the right mm. peanut butter because I'm not into peanut butter that much. But try to be kind. That's the biggie to me. Big part of piety is just being kind. Well, I have to say, like I was going to say, that mostly depends on what deity you're following. If you're like <laughs> fair, following like fair. a jerk deity, then maybe your well, piety is being a jerk. Well, I suppose. I never <laughs> thought of it. But I mean, there's plenty of deities that are truly scary that... You don't have to be a jerk like they might be. They could just give you the strength to move on in your life. Yeah, mm. I'm in a Medusa thing right now. And like she can be pretty smite your enemies kind of. But, you know, I'm just using that part of that energy is, is appealing to me right now. But yeah, you made a good point is like piety does not need to be grandiose. Oh, God, no. no. Until you brought it up, like I wasn't even going there in my head as we were thinking about piety. And I was thinking my observances for connection to divinity or small per- would be small personal rituals and and things like with the goal of re-enchanting my relationship with the world with the imminent deity that exists for all of us being in my garden plant you know all of those sorts yeah. of things i i tr- i am trying to bring a sacred consciousness to more mundane acts right for my own narrow right mm-hmm. growth or whatever does so, that make sense put, yeah putting put bird you know putting out a bird feeder in winter yeah yeah kind of yeah. idea that can really help i find that feeding birds in winter can really help me keep me connected to you know when you're feeling dreary for those uh for us here in canada yeah. <laughs> where winter can we did mind you this one it wasn't bad but winter can be a challenge sometimes when you just it's like what the heck and the earth seems dead and asleep and quiet but those birds come and it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah so this like at the good. end at the end of our rituals one of our our last quotes is we do today as our ancestors did yesterday so our children can do tomorrow and that's really beautiful. Like, piety, that's really good. Piety for us is so that we can continue on doing what we do and believing what we do believe for future generations. To me, that's the end result of my piety, I guess. That's really yeah. nice. That's yeah. really nice. I think we need to move to the next virtue after that. Yeah. Nobody well, can say anything Before it gets too that. dark that we can't well, see I, each I was other. Gonna, I was going to turn on the light, but I'll do it on the next I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this because well, it's still outside. We because we're one. talking about what's inside our heads mm. and we don't need light. We don't need <laughs> physical light to access that. <laughs> so actually what you were kind of saying sort of bleeds into the, the last one for this episode of vision. So this one's a little bit more broad. The ability to broaden one's perspective to have a greater understanding of our place and role in the cosmos relating to the past, present, and future. So for me, vision is the ability to understand that in the entire galaxy, I am but a mere tiny speck of dust. But understanding that the domino effect works and that my little tiny speck of dust can bump into other specks of dust and have an effect. Mm -hmm. I get that. I, I do frequently feel sometimes positively sometimes negatively that i am supremely insignificant in our universe sometimes i can look at that in a positive way and think like you say connecting all with all the virtues and with kindness that any small tiny act of kindness that i can do towards somebody may then ripple and help them and move forward. But sometimes very negatively, I do have that feeling of I'm nothing. I'm insignificant. I'm not important in the grand scheme of things. And that is actually one of the reasons I'm a vegetarian. I do not believe I am any more important than any other animal on the earth. I do not believe that they should give up their lives for me. Because what am I? I'm nothing. Right. That's one of the 
the more in-depth reasons that I'm a vegetarian. But yeah, I do. No, that's a really, that's a good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find, and I have struggled with the insignificant thing. Yeah. That bothers me a great deal and leaves me very unmoored. Right. I will mm. say it leaves me very unmoored about being, you know, an insignificant micro spec in the universe. Because then I think, well, what's the point of me even being here? Yeah. Like, so, because uh, I get a little fatalistic so about that. I think there's this real paradox. I, If you go like Google Brian Swim and the cosmology cosmologists that work with him and that sort of thing. And one of the things they talk about is that this is an ever expanding universe where we understand that scientifically. So while you are not the center of the universe, no matter where you are, you are at the center because Mm -hmm. everything is expanding outwards from you. And so just as the tiniest leaf falling in a pond causes ripples. We all cause these ripples and it's ever expanding outward. Is it Marianne Williamson? What are, what's her name anyway, that never, never doubt that a small group of people or, you know, like mm-hmm. this insignificant number can make a difference because that's all that ever does. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't matter how small and how unimportant you think you are. My really gross example of that is within our own ecosystems of our own bodies, the things that we eat, sometimes the medication that we take, we wipe out, you know, our own internal gut bacteria, that sort of thing. You know, if you need a fecal transplant, that little gut bacteria is pretty damn important. <laughs> if I'm going to let somebody stick their own poop up my butt. <laughs> I, I, I have I never think, heard of that. Oh my gosh. I know people it whose lives were saved. Oh, I they can't almost even. died without, they had no way through, through medication wow. and kept better living through chemistry. And they were on death's doorstep. And this is not an exaggeration. And it was a fecal transplant that saved their lives. It's because just something. the thing, all, all these times you sit in the toilet and you just flush it away. You flush people away good there, bacteria. Yeah, people, people will pay for that. People that bacteria. People will pay for that shit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know what, what gives me, what gives me comfort? It makes me feel very unmoored. Mm. But what gives me, you know, gives me a compass to follow is that I may be insignificant in the grand scheme of the universe, but I can still be very, very significant to individual. Me alone, I can't change the world, but I can be a big part of someone else's world. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. if you have a child, you're their whole world, their parents, yeah. whatever, you're their whole world. So that's the only way, because if I, I try Though I enjoy the cosmos and this and the energies, and I made the gigantic mistake of looking up what quantum entanglement meant, <laughs> because now my brain has been been really looking at that on and off, going, "Oh my goodness!" Because that you know, because that proves that even though you're this tiny little speck, you a affect- billion miles away can be affected by me. But I, I I try not to, on the whole, think of think of that whole being an insignificant speck because that can make me very, very down. Mm. Oh yeah. It don't, can, don't focus. I can't, the, I can't think on it at all. Yeah. Really. I have to think, Oh, I'm important. You know, even if it's just to my cats, cause I put the food down. <laughs> That's the least important part of that statement. <laughs> yeah. Just understand that there is so much more around you, but that you still have an effect. Exactly. No matter how tiny you feel. And, yes. Yeah. You know, yes. working in retail, and basic, you know, and seeing other people working in the service industry and realizing how you act towards them yeah. mm-hmm. affects mm-hmm. their day. Yes. Absolutely. I have had customers, I can be having a fantastic day, and I have one customer who's cranky. Doesn't matter about the 25 customers who thought I was great. That one customer that, you know, had an issue yeah. is what your brain clings to for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I go out of my way, even in my customer service when, you know, right now I'm work- bouncing between four locations of the business I work for. Right. 
And there have been times that I'm dealing with a customer and they leave and I turn around and I look at my coworkers and I'm like, yeah, I know you wanted me to shut up, but I made the sale, right? They're happy. (laughs) They left. They got what they wanted. You know, everybody's happy here. So just being kind to people. And if somebody does come in in a bad mood, what can I do to help improve their day? Right. Mm -hmm. So right now we're very focused on the now. Yes. But vision also includes your effect on the future and your past. So for me, being a father of a seven-year-old, I understand that like being that tiny speck of dust, I have a massive effect Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. how he he is brought up Mm -hmm. and how like how that's going to affect his generation and then the generation after that and the generation. And so that like we, there's a lot of conversation in society and pop culture about general generational trauma. And so that's obviously not something we as four white individuals have like, I don't know about you, but having spoken to other friends who have come from broken homes, I realized like, I had it, I had it pretty good. Like my parents were stable. Uh, they probably should have gotten divorced, but they didn't. <laughs> and they were good parents and they worked hard and there was food on the table and we were often poor and lived in community housing, but there was no excessive drinking. There was no excessive drug use. And so I, as the next speck of dust on the family timeline, I'm not negatively affected. And of course, that's the goal for my child mm-hmm. for his generation for him to grow up and be like my parents were good so i'm gonna i'm going to be able to pass those virtues on to my children etc 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 which again is one of the reasons why i don't have children <laughs> <laughs> because i know all of my vision at this point is for my and has been since I was very young has been survival. Yeah. And I don't have what it takes to be able to give that to another human being. And it's funny. I often talk about rain at work. Do you realize she is the only human being on the planet that I have known and been in her life from birth to now? Isn't that something? Wow. Uh, there's no Is your other. brother older than you? My brother's older than okay. me. He has children, but they were like, I saw them maybe once every two years. Oh, I kind see. Kind of thing. So I wasn't mm-hmm. as involved mm-hmm. and yeah, wasn't, a wit- I guess, a witness there. to this human being through their whole life. And then again, I often think about your children, Gwen, mm-hmm. and how they are and always have been peers within the community. Yeah. yeah. They've always didn't meet them till they were old. We didn't meet them. Well, till they, they were, were older. and they were teenagers, Yeah, but yeah. they still, they were not viewed as needed to be sheltered or, right. or, or, or uh, protected. Or, <laughs> you know, you know, like they, yeah. they were yeah. fully integrated members of the community. You know what yeah. I do find that and I have had more than one person say to me, you always take your kid to too many things. Now, mind you, when I would go to festival, that was mommy's time away. Mm. But just pagans on the whole take their kids to more things. Oh, yeah. I think they we drag them along to more just even if it's just an evening of people getting together. Well, there's going to be a place someone will set up for the kids in the other side of the room or in another room. And that's very much in, in the Druid group. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, kids kids are everything. always welcome to participate in ritual. They mostly don't. They're seven, eight, nine, 12 year olds boys who often just go beat each other up on the other side of the dirt hill <laughs> yeah. while we're doing ritual. But actually, it's funny enough, your granddaughter came to our last ritual and uh-huh. her and Atticus held their own ritual <gasps> in his bedroom. Oh. After our ritual, they came up and stole our ritual stuff. Ritual and had their own My, ritual. She's a little magical being. Yeah. So they, her something? and Atticus held a ritual for Owen and Connell, and they the four of them just did their own little ritual in That's the bedroom. Very, it was hilarious. Very cool. That's, That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So this year, Atticus, and we're going to try this. We're going to take. We're taking Atticus. We, Atticus has been to every festival we've been to, uh, minus the uh, 
the one last year because mommy and dad, yeah, mommy and daddy needed some time away. <laughs> but yeah. he's gonna come this year, and we're just gonna stick an air tag in his pants. Yeah, and we're like, go away. If, yeah, if we yep. need you, we'll push the button, and it'll ring, and you come back. No, to well, us. you know what? I was, you know, and I mean, Rain went to pagan things. Yep. But it was like until she can set up her own tent and cook her own meals and be responsible for herself. I am not taking her. And oftentimes I was part of the executive and had a lot. You had a lot of responsibility. I had a lot to do and I couldn't, you know, just, you know, whatever. But once she got about 14, I took her. We took Atticus, I think when he was a baby. I do remember him being there when he was, when he was a baby, he was just less than a year old. He was in the snuggly. But that was more of Karen wanted to go and. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want to leave him behind. Well, and he was probably still snacking. Oh, yeah. yeah. On her. So she couldn't <laughs> be gone from him for too long. That's so a good point. Th- this is not quite so philosophical vision wise. Yeah. But when I think about vision, I think in the way of um, craft like or tools, maybe this is where divination comes yes. in. This is where you use divination to give you feedback on the bigger picture that you may not be able to see. Mm-hmm. Is so that, that, that is definitely that... in the Merriam-Webster definition. It's not a part of the, the our own Druidry definition, but it's, a, it's definitely part of it. You use am, divination within your rituals, we, I notice. We do, but I am definitely not the right person. I Divination is not something I personally know anything about whatsoever. I, My form of divination is staring into the fire, and that's pretty much it. The This grove gifted me with a set of rituals so that I could take them into the prison and, you know, mix them up with other ones, uh, groups. And it's a little intimidating to have ritualized within a group. Okay, now we're going to draw a rune to see the feedback from the gods on whether they mm-hmm. accept our ritual. And I can see the guy's eyes going like, dude, you know, God hasn't always been my friend, nope. <laughs> you yes. know? And, and so we use the OM. There's yeah. 50% good and 50% bad. You're not always going to draw a good one. And there's also a blank. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a little story. And we had Aldine draw the OM for like a year because she kept drawing the blank. And we're like, at the end of it, and we're like, you, you can't draw it anymore. You, She's like, really? And we're like, you keep drawing the same one and it's just blank. And she's like, but, but. And she's like, no, no, you no, can't draw it anymore. You're done. <laughs> so Aldine is banned from drawing the OM. <laughs> and I remember being at one of the open Grove rituals and it was not necessarily a great feedback. Nope. And so you had a little conflap and you decided, what are we going to shift within the context of this public ritual with many people there yeah. to make this more acceptable? Yeah, that's a frightening, like vision can be can be frightening. Yeah, be now, careful what you ask for. Now, there you the go. Super at the super. same time, though, I want to say over the last three, maybe four years, so we do roughly eight rituals a year. Mm-hmm. So that's let's say let's say we're talking uh, twenty four rituals. I want to say we've drawn oak and what eighteen is, to nineteen times. What's the symbolism of the oak? Oak is strength, power, oh, and and it what right. and what is the Gaelic word for oak? It's a oak base word for. On, it's. I was going to say I can't. I can't pronounce it. I know, but it's it's druid. It's the same base word as druid. So it's, it's very cool that you dr- draw the oak word, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. If it's 50-50, then statistically, if it's just chance, statistically, you should have 50-50. Yeah. And but so if your we, feedback is predominantly the same. positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, when we do it in our Grove Druid ritual, this is not an ADF thing, we often have two bags of own. Because we ask how our ritual has been received. And then we also ask what gifts the shining ones or deities are bestowing on us. And so we draw from two separate bags. That way, the taint from the perception (laughs) of the ritual is not passed on to Mm -hmm. the gift. Right. Interesting. So there is a chance that we you can draw the same 
Oum. If you have two sets. If you have correct. two sets, oh, yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Now, I just wanted to go back to one little thing before we wrap up here. Yeah. That Gwen had said, when you were saying um, about how is our ritual received, what is God saying? And some of the people you have, you know, visit with might have said, well, God hasn't always been my friend. But I think if anyone ever says that to you again, it would be, but have you been their friend? Mm. Have well, you, and there's have, piety. That's right. There's yeah. piety. Have you, you're, you're in jail, <laughs> prisons. You obviously haven't been living, you know, at one point yes. you, you've strayed from that path, but have you been God's friend or goddess's friend? Yeah. And if you're the doing gods. that, that yeah. will help you go in the right direction. You can also point out that one of the great things about paganism is just because you're not God's great friend doesn't mean another God or goddess isn't paying attention. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So right. you may have uh, annoyed Thor, but I'm sure Loki's watching. Yeah. <laughs> or That's or not Hermes necessarily or something. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you say and the on that word? wonderful note, right? <laughs> yeah. On that wonderful note, thank you all for tuning in with us. If you have any suggestions or questions or comments, you can reach us on our uh, Facebook page. We certainly are always happy to hear from you. And we're going to thank Krista for being our wonderful editor uh, who pulls this all off for us. Hello, beloved listeners and patrons of Three Witches and a Druid podcast. We would like to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude for your unwavering support of our podcast. With your encouragement, we have been able to explore and celebrate the rich and diverse world of paganism and spirituality. We feel blessed to have had the opportunity to share our knowledge and experiences with you. As we continue to grow and evolve, We invite you to join us on this journey and become a Patreon member of our podcast. Your contribution will help us to continue creating quality content and provide you with more exciting episodes filled with wisdom, insights, and a little enchantment. By becoming a Patreon member, you will not only support our mission, but you will also have access to exclusive content behind-the-scenes goodies, discounts, and much, much more. Together, we can create a thriving and supportive community. To our amazing Patreons who have been there to support us through the past three seasons, Sybil, Josie, Catherine, Nicole, Amy Beth, Tomlin, Samantha, Stephanie, Chris, Ramos, Eric, Karen, Highland Horde, Danny, Tania, Sarah, Kay, Linda, and Jennifer. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of our three witches and a druid family. Let us continue to inspire and uplift each other, and may our collective energy bring light and love to the world. Until next time, everyone, I would like wish you all good days and good travels because spring is here and uh, merry meet, merry part and merry meet again. Blessed Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid podcast. Thanks for listening.